0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. I am truly excited. I get to have a guest back with us that we haven't spoken to in about two years. He was fantastic the last time he was on, educated me in all of the skin care products I would need to become my own model, should I ever care to do so. (laughs) We have the fantastic Mr. Eric Fellows.
1: What's going on, man? Thank you, <laughs> I, Thank you for having me back. I
0: I love having you here. I I, I had a lot of people tell me how much fun it was uh, listening to a, a slightly different perspective on what it was like in in being in just a gamut of different industries. So it was. Uh, yeah. It was. Well, really I,
1: cool. I'm, I'm very flattered by that. And uh, any any information I could offer, especially for the skincare, <laughs> I, I would love to offer uh, my expertise in that area. Uh, no, thanks for having me back, man. Yeah. Um, so what have you been, been doing the last two years?
0: years? Have you, have you been keeping yourself busy?
1: Oh man. Well, it's okay. Two years. Let's see. A lot's going on in two years. Um, well, as we, as you remember what we went through a entire pandemic,
0: some of it, that anyway. was,
1: uh, that was interesting times that, you know, it's weird. It's, that seems, I don't, until I like think about it or we talk, anyone ever brings it up. It's like, it was like, a, not real, like it's so weird. Like it actually happened. Yeah, the whole thing. It's just we, me, and my uh, now fiance. uh Ooh. was just talking about. It's like so weird. Like even to think of this, that we're like wearing like mask and astronaut suits and weird things to cover ourselves from. I mean, it's just crazy. The whole thing is crazy. It's like a map. Uh, Two years. What's been going on? <clears throat> well, I taught myself how to do lots of different things uh, in the business. I got more into producing. Excellent. Uh, because during that time I remember everything shut down. I'm like, oh my God, what are gonna what are we gonna do? Like, what is anyone gonna do? One, two, like, what are we gonna do in this industry? Because this industry is still kind of trying to come back from like the downfall of all of it. Um, so got into a bunch of different things. I learned how to do Photoshop. So I learned how to do the artwork for a lot of my projects. Um, and I really was fascinated by it i'm like you know we were i had a movie that just recently came out called star and i think even back then we were still trying to assemble this movie it was like a five-year process with this thing man because you know we had started back in 2017 initially and it's such a um a, a very strong like contented film about hollywood but in the dark comedy perspective uh and you have to really fine-tune this type of prop you know this, uh, machine to come out and, and not get destroyed by, um, critics or, and, or the industry itself. Yeah. So that was a very tough, uh, situation to go through. And I was one of the main producers on it as well. I started it as uh, Jimmy Starr. Uh, it came out, uh, in September finally. Um, and it's done well, it's out there. It's on Tubi, it's on Amazon, it's uh, on Amazon here, Amazon in the UK. It's in Tubi here, in Mexico and Australia. Uh, it's still um, reaching other platforms. I think Exumo TV just picked it up. So it's done well, man. It's highly rated. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I was scared at first, wasn't sure, but I knew we had a, I knew we, we had a, a, a good product to deliver. Uh, you know, we we did the best we could with what we what we were given. Uh, everyone did a fantastic job in front of everyone and. Just trying to market it as much as we could. Very little means to do so. <clears throat> so I'm still pushing that thing, and it's still doing well, actually. And uh, we're excited about it. And I'm just happy that it got the reviews that it did. And uh, we're proud of it. Uh, during that process, I done a bunch of different things. I, you know, I was on a series called Purgatory. Um, two seasons of that on um, Popstar TV. And the last season, um, I won Best Actor for lead drama or lead a lead best actor in a drama series for the indie series awards that was awesome so uh thank you to the indie series awards again and to everyone that voted so that was really cool that was a very interesting uh uh, series to be part of very crazy character uh and i was excited to play him because it was the first time i got the show uh my lunacy side on the acting department in the acting department i mean i've played you know Nemesis characters or whatever protagonists, but this one I really got to push the boundaries. So that was Cool Playing Bobby. Um, uh, We now have a film called Divorce Bait that's coming out tomorrow uh, in theaters, limited in theaters in six different, six or seven different cities. Um, It's a romantic raunchy rom com. And I play the character Samuel Gray. He is uh, an interesting character once again, uh, the writer. director, Christina, the writer, and Patrick, um, director, both husband and wife, um, directors I've worked writer and directors I've worked with multiple times over the years, close friends of mine. Uh, she really gave me a really cool character to dig my teeth into. Uh, he's like an artistic um, sort of, uh, he has this artistic sort of photographer arrogance about him. He, he's the uh, conflict in the film. Um, to uh, Alexis, played by Vanessa Vasquez, and and she um, is, is played op- playing opposite to Justin Birdie, plays Marco, and they're a married couple, who um, I don't wanna give too much away, if people have not seen it yet, obviously, because it's coming out tomorrow, but some people have gotten early um, screeners. Um, she thinks it's uh, an interesting choice to fake a divorce online on, um, social media to see which of their friends would come after her husband first. She's obviously uh, a character with uh, insecurities from the past and has hard time with trust issues. And she thought this was a great idea to go and try this and tell us her, please don't do this. This is not a smart idea. And she used to be a successful hand model per se, which is really funny, it's really beautiful girl. Uh, So it's funny that she was a hand model. And as the story continues basically, uh, she ends up getting back into the hand model industry. She hadn't done it for years. I end up being the photographer on the shoot. We had dated years before in the past and we had this kind of like really uh, intense relationship, you know, physical intense relationship. It was kind of like the, the one that got away, but like it just didn't work out, you know what I mean? Like, so I, my character kind of like, Never really got over her. Um, try to like kind of maneuver my way back into her life, finding out what's going on and about her situation, thinking that maybe this is my second shot. So I'm doing everything I can to get back into it, trying to smooth her in a sort of way. But Samuel is very, um, he's a show off. He's kind of a show off. So throughout the film, I don't know if you had a chance to see the screener yet, but he he does particular types of things to try to win her back. And he's just, you know, He 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 goes a little bit above and beyond to like show off too much, and he he gets his in the film. Definitely, they Christina wrote in some funny stuff, some funny stuff. I really enjoyed uh, playing this role. Uh, Everyone did a great job. Justin, Vanessa, crushed it. Great chemistry. Everyone in the in the film, everyone was cast was fantastic. And Christina writing it always always gives me good stuff. And Patrick, I just I trust them both tremendously, and the whole team everyone did a great job. I really, I tremendously, um, I'm proud of everybody.
0: So romantic comedies have always been kind of a staple. Uh, that's, that's right. something that people love to watch and in, in many different iterations. What about that particular genre do you think connects with the audience so well?
1: Well, because they, they want to see the, well, because the, the way that romantic comedy is always set up, it's, it's set up by beats and it's always set up for the happy ending. You know what I mean? I mean, everybody, ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter how much of a Debbie Downer someone really is, they really kind of do want a happy ending because you can only stay negative for so long. You know yeah. what I mean? Even those people still want to, you know, maybe shed a tear or, or be happy. I'm like, oh, yeah, the guy got the girl. The girl finally fell in love. <laughs> uh, so I think it's just, it's, it's, it's the, uh, well, the writing, it's the pacing of how they, you know, put these films out there. It's, it's everything. Romantic comedies are just something, it was like a kind of dying, a dying genre for a bit. Yeah. I mean, Matthew McConaughey, you know, is one that really <laughs> found sunk his teeth into it once yeah. he did because Matthew McConaughey didn't start in romantic comedies. No, I mean, we know, as we know, Hollywood's a machine and they, and they build things around trends and it's always been that. And uh, you're seeing it now, you know, with, with specific stuff. Um. So kind of, unless you kind of follow the trend, you're out until it happens to kind of come in a direction that's fitting for you unless you're able to adapt. Right. So I think it's always, people the simplicity to, to uh, romantic comedies has always been very simple. I mean, you you, 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 you give this story of, of a, a guy or a girl or a couple that is trying to find love in some sort of way. And happens a lot in Christmas movies. you know with this this glorious ending and have everybody either shitting and tearing crying at the end and or being happy for they made it everybody wants that happy ending no matter what they say so it's kind of an easy genre to really capture audiences because even the haters are going to pretend to like not like it but they will so it's kind of hard to hate a happy ending no doubt, you know what i mean i mean i cry at happy endings i mean i'm I, I become very wimpy when it comes to certain things. Nice. So yeah, no, I think it's it's. It, I think they're coming back now. Ours is particularly different though because it has a lot of that, of course, but they really up um, they 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 really up the ante with the raunchiness. Nice. They took it there. They really did, and they found a, a way to kind of collaborate that kind of humor into a rom com. You know what I mean? They, they really took it there. I mean, it's on the same level of raunchy. This is my movie, Starbucker, and we pushed the boundaries significantly. Um, where so would you
0: Where would you rank it? Let's. I, I always I have certain like uh, romantic comedies anywhere between, it's like uh, uh, when Harry met Sally versus she's having a baby versus Wedding Crashers being on the raunchier side or American Pie, something of that. It's like.
1: I mean, it's a very, like, nice, it's right? Bridesmaids
0: that comedy.
1: Nice. Like, like, Wedding Crash, Wedding Crash is one of my favorite movies. I just actually watched it recently again. I, I freaking love them. I think I've seen it 150 times. I don't even know how many times I've seen it.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: No, it's, the, it's that level. They really did. I mean, just say it's within the writing too, but everybody took it there. But we found the comedy where it's like, you could be, oh, shoot. They, they said that? <laughs> so, and Bridesmaids kind of did the same sort of thing. and they were very successful so you know you know i don't know originally if what christina when she was putting this together uh the story um if that's what direction she really saw it in or you know i actually never asked her that but i uh yeah i mean it's the level of bridesmaids for sure and it's super offensive but like again i'm coming off of super offensive movie so for me i remember filming this because i we were in the midst of um you know and post on star starfucker when we were shooting uh the beginning of shooting divorce cuz it was during the pandemic and we're like shoot what are we going to do all of a sudden she hit me up saying hey i got this movie we're gonna, we're going to shoot it and we we were you know doing this being as safe as possible during covid but we were like everyone's just like all right let's go so when we're doing it, i'm like this is hilarious and then we had changed uh certain aspects of it like um uh when, because by the time this comes out, people will probably, already start to see it. You know, in the trailer it shows, we get stabbed with a pencil in the knee. Again, that's one of Samuel's moments where he's just going to go for it. <laughs> you know, when he first sees her on screen, when you first see Samuel on screen, he like, she comes, you know, she's in his studio about to shoot a hand model campaign. And he just goes and grabs her face and kisses her three times without even seeing, hadn't seen her in years. And he's just like, oh my God. And she's like, well, I'm married. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm very sweet, I'm glad. And she's just like, oh, Sam, you're basically the same person. So he just goes to try to kiss her again when they are eating hot dogs, talking about some story from when they used, used to love these big hot dogs they used to eat. So initially she was supposed to take the hot dog. It was written, take the hot dog and just smash it in my face as a response to me kissing. So we're like, okay, that's funny, that's cool. And you know, basically, they're going to ma- mayonnaise and mustard and relish all over his face. And that's cool. But that's kind of typical. Right. Like, how about you happen to be have your hair tied with a pencil, wrapped up? And she's like, your first reaction is just the stack. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my god. So they're like, dude, just let's see how it works. And literally, you know, went to kiss her. She's like, boom, oh, bam, right my leg. And I'm like, you know, that's when you ever go. Ah! <laughs> so, like, the funny part was on the first take, we just took it there. And then it turned into like I guess this is one of Samuel's fetishes. He likes pain. Oh. Then they took it like Fifty Shades this, where it's like literally, she's like, bobbing on the pencil, and it's giving me like this, you know, euphoric oh orgasm. Oh uh, man. that we took and everyone was dying laughing. They're like, oh my god, I'm showed like, oh, and they're just she's like, oh my god, you like this? And I'm like, yeah. And then like, <laughs> like don't stop. It hasn't hit the bone yet. So we took it there, and that's kind of like where what. That feel of, of of comedy that it is, so it's it is of the level of like bridesmaids comedy, wedding crashes for sure. Yeah, I mean I think people are gonna dig it. I mean, so far people have seen it loved it. We love it. We were really, I was really impressed with what they did with it.
0: Well, I know when you when you said just a little bit about it when we, when we talked a couple of years ago, it, it sounded intriguing, and yeah now, now that I've seen a little more, it's like, yeah, this is this is exactly the kind of film. It's I I kind of describe it to friends. Uh, this this kind of a, a thing is almost like uh, comfort food. It's uh, yeah. it's just something that you can you can ride along with it. Turn not turn your brain off exactly. You know, like you said, you know where it's going, but right. that, that because you know where it's going, it allows you to enjoy the odd directions that the story yeah. can kind of take on its way there. And it's just,
1: yeah, no, it's definitely a different feel. I mean, the, I it's interesting how like, you know, it gives you the idea of like, wow, what if like my, you know, your wife or your fiance or someone of that, of that matter, Lily goes to test a situation <laughs> and to divorce, bait the friends. <laughs> like, and it's curious when you think like, Oh my God, who would come out of the woodwork and say, Hey, he's free. He's open or she's open now. So there you go. And they kind of like they they play the avenues in that direction, which makes it really funny and it's and unique in its own way. I mean, there's other films that have like kind of done that, but not not when you really think about it, because I'm thinking of like what other movies tempting like an audience to think, oh my God, look at their husband and go, I maybe mean, you wouldn't do that, right? <laughs> I don't know who would actually be like, no, yeah, it's a great idea. I think you should totally do that. In, like
0: indecent proposal.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes more of the dramatic understanding yes yes that that was that's tough to watch man i don't yeah 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 that's that's a tough speaking tough of proposal like, you're it never turns out good. you're it engaged you, i got engaged um man we got engaged on my birthday uh october 2nd in rome oh man um that was actually the first time i've been to rome my girl took me to uh rome for i was in poland she's from poland originally uh well actually i leave for poland on saturday go back like, like you discussed um she's still uh still technically there back and forth with me here but we're making more of the move move back after the holidays so we got yeah we got engaged um i tried to plan a, a surprise sort of surprise engagement we're in front of the trevy fountain yeah it was a whole thing i was so nervous uh yeah she technically didn't say yes and it was <laughs> And it was weird. She didn't say yes until like off camera. one like really believed it. So I don't know. She might not have, still not have said yes. I think she were engaged, but oh, uh, no, it was great. I'm, I'm, I'm happy, man. I'm going to so, say you're,
0: you're putting to shame all, all of the, the people that I know, friends and family and myself. It's like, well, how did you propose? I didn't go to Rome. I <laughs> know I didn't do that.
1: Well, that, you know, what's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm half Italian. My My grandmother was actually born in Rome. Uh, and my, grand- my grandparents were from Italy, my mom's side were from Italy originally. Um, and she came over when she was like, I think my grandfather went back cause he had family moved to America, but went back for them. I found out the true story recently. Uh, they played it out like a romantic comedy. Actually the, the story that we were told, this like notebook, not even romantic comedy, like more of like a notebook sort of idea. And uh, that's not the truth at all, but it's okay. It was good for a story but yeah no she took me because i'd never been so she had been before and she knows you know Rome, rome's very romantic so i was super excited i knew i was going to propose early on oh. like i knew we had been together you know i it's a long story but we would known each other for years and um a lot of things that happened over the years we finally reconnected uh last year last um december the well, why? say jan late december mid to late december and it um we got together and she finally, finally hadn't seen each other in five years Wow! Uh, in person. And we'd only met in person one time. I mean, multiple times over that time, but that one time of stint of visiting. So we hadn't seen each other in five years. Uh, so it's kind of a crazy story, man. It's its its own movie, really. That's, anyway, so awesome. uh, yeah, we went back and forth from uh, Poland to LA. And then I, you know, for my birthday, I was in Poland. She, she had told me that she wanted to take me to Rome. So I already knew for months, you know, my mom already, everybody already, actually everybody already knew except her. She, for some reason, just didn't know. And I gave her so many hints and she just didn't know. And I'm like, you come on. I kept saying the Trevi Fountain. I was like, we have to go to the Trevi Fountain by a certain point during the day on my birthday because I was watching this show. And it said <laughs> if I pick up coin at this particular time on my birthday, then this kind of luck, this miraculous luck will happen. And she <laughs> kind of fell for it. <laughs> and then you know, watched me tell her. And she's like, "Okay," and i my back to her. So it's oh. I really did not believe that she didn't know. She's like, "I, I actually did not know." And uh oh. I think that was probably one of the reasons why she couldn't say yeah She was like, "Uh," she was like, "Are you joking?" <laughs> why
0: is there a coach here and a guy in in a tuxedo and tail? Exactly.
1: <laughs> well, there was guys already. Or I think were like, they're like, "Congratulations!" I'm like, "I haven't even proposed yet." <laughs> like it was crazy, but um. Yeah, no, that yeah. So yeah, I'm engaged, that is and awesome. uh, there you go.
0: Well, I'm am, I'm am so happy to hear that. That that is well, that you. is a beautiful thing. I uh, appreciate that. So now, did you already break to her that you had the uh, the the smoking issue? Because I saw the commercial with the with the nicotine thing. That...
1: Oh, you <laughs> 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 dude, I'll tell you what, man. Um, I don't smoke cigarettes now. No. <laughs> um uh, I, yeah i don't smoke cigarettes <laughs> but i um the 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 velo the uh, pouches are what it is yeah and it's so funny man you can only take like because when you're shooting a commercial you have to do you know you're shooting multiple takes right and you we're using different a different one every time right it has to be a fresh one and everything in that type of <laughs> commercial has to be very precise oh. Bro, I got so dizzy and nauseous and we're on like a boat and I was doing, they didn't even put in the spot that I lied and they asked me on the audition, have you, are you scared of heights? I'm, I'm terrified of heights. Okay. Oh, I said, no, I'm good. I'm good. Have you bungee jumped? Yeah. Never done that before in my life. And I, and I did say, you know, a clause in what I was saying. I said, well, how high are we talking? And then they said, Are you, have you ever drummed Been a drummer before? And I said, well, at that time, um, uh, my stepson at that time, at uh, least well, technically my stepson, but, you know, in past situation, uh, he he's uh, uh, he, he got into drumming when he was younger, and he had drum set. So I was like, yeah, I used to tap around the drum set. Yeah, you know, I feel very natural. I've, I've messed around for years. Not true at all. I think I tried it one time, uh, <laughs> never once Um Ever been behind drums? It would have been cool. So then, when they, I just did really good air, you know, air drumming, faking it, and uh they fell for it. <laughs> and then they ended up getting me these, like a like a professional drummer. We shot in Mexico City and in Acapulco, and I'm, oh, you know, I'm going to take drum lessons every day for this like live concert that I have to perform, even though it's like three seconds in the, <laughs> the crimson spot. There's like 300 people watching me. And I'm just like, oh my god, what have I done? And then they have me literally dropping me. They're pulling me up by my feet, bring me out on a on a on a on a small boat, lifting me above water for bungee, and they're gonna drop me 80 feet, dude. 80 feet to the water, and right before you hit the water, you're gonna supposed bungee up. Look at the um, look at the camera all simultaneously. Boom, boom, boom. And you're supposed to be like, Vila, like here, and like, everything has to be perfect. Now, mind you, I'm upside down 80 feet and I'm looking down going, I was screaming. My feet were like turning purple because I was hanging me, my body weight against my ankles with something holding me and dropping. Well, let me tell you, not only did we do it one time, we did it like nine times. And by the third time, I wasn't scared of heights at all. I wasn't worried about the heights anymore. The first time they dropped me, I submerged in the water completely. I'm not supposed to hit the water, man. I'm supposed to, like, right before it. So I completely go into the water from 80 feet up. It was the – I come up, and I'm, like, here, like, perfect, except he can't hit the water. So the camera went wrong. Every timing was off. (laughs) And the funniest thing is, like, we had the shot on the first take, actually. Or second take, we had it perfect, but it was out of focus. Oh, no. And then I – with my feet, I had – the back of my ankles were all cut up from the – they had to like pulled off with bandages. They had freaking uh, paramedics basically on set. My feet were, oh, it was a nightmare. And then they never even, and then they wanted to make sure we got the shot. So then they put me on a trampoline to get the shot and just flip it upside down, like I'm going, you know, like in slow motion. And they were just going to flip me like I was dropping. So they're just going to cut to a close up shot of me going like here, <laughs> but on the trampoline. And they never even used either one of it. Oh, man. So like all of that um yeah uh, but the drumming they did it actually turned out uh cool actually really it actually it actually all like looked like i knew what i was doing but it was just funny like i had no idea on both sides Yeah. <laughs> but yes no as far as uh, Nikki, i got a little bit off course here uh nicotine pouches yeah great guys so <laughs> nice. no i was super nauseous man oh. you can only like suck down so are you like have to hold it in your gum and you can't just put one after the other like no. that. Like it's just like too much nicotine.
0: Yeah, that'll that'll mess you up pretty quick.
1: Oh yeah, no, it did, it did.
0: But uh, yeah, I saw that. And I just I was like, "Oh, that there, there's no way there's not a story behind that." No, there's so, <laughs> totally, uh, There's way more stories to it too.
1: Trust me, you have no idea. It, the commercial turned out great. Thank you to everyone that cast me and the production company, and oh, thanks. A lot. <laughs> That's how I feel about that.
0: Oh, so, okay. Uh, just a briefly off topic. I, I feel I yeah. would be remiss uh, speaking to a man that travels about the world, especially yeah. in, in the areas that, that you're around. Um, since it's not the United States, the most popular sport is something different that's being celebrated. Are you, I know you, we talked a little bit about you, you know, playing basketball the yeah. last time. Were you ever a soccer fan? Have you been paying attention to the World Cup stuff at all that's been going on? Not at all. Me too. <laughs> right now,
1: my girl doesn't understand any other sports besides soccer. Right. It's funny because she's like, this football that you guys play, I don't understand what's – why is he running? And I'm like, well, what do you mean why is he running? He's taking the football to the end zone to score. It's the same objective of kicking the ball into the goal. She goes, but I just don't get it. Why are they running and why are they tackling hurting each other? I'm just like, oh, gosh.
0: Because that's the point.
1: Her, actually, her mother played professional basketball. Oh. Yeah, and actually it's something me and her mom have in common. Um, and we played when, when I go to Poland. We'll play this time, too. We, I played with her and her coworkers um, last time I was there. And I don't play basketball too much anymore, but I used to play uh, pretty seriously my whole life. And, uh, and I, still, I, I still have it. I still have to shoot pretty well. <laughs> but it was funny because, like, I was going hard. Because I'm very competitive. Yeah. But her mom, no, her mom is a great shot. Her mom was a was a point guard.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, and the crazy part is, her mom's closer in age to me than she is. Hmm. Yeah. There's ten years apart from me and my mom. Or my mom. Jesus, that would be weird. Uh ten years apart from me and her mother, and there is like a little less than twelve years between me, me and my girl.
0: Well, that's actually kind of nice in some ways. It helps. No, it's
1: cool. No, it's some cultural
0: gaps or not cultural, but uh, just uh, knowledge based gaps. Well, We're in between
1: the generations. I mean, you know, she gets most of why my personality is the way it is. And then her mother gets the other half of possibly why my personality is the way it is. Uh, So I'm a lot to deal with. So it's fine. But it's okay. Listen, they're Polish. Okay, I'm Italian, Swedish. I got a lot, you know, I got your pain in my blood. It okay. it works. It works out. makes sense. So we're, we're cool. We're having fun.
0: Okay. So you've been doing more producing. You've been doing all these, all these projects. And one of the things that occurs to me is I think that the average listener might not really understand what okay. it means to be a producer. So as you've been, as you've been going into doing these different product, uh, products, products,
1: more products, more products It's kind of product,
0: kind of yeah. So as you're establishing the projects, what does it mean to be a producer? You decide, okay, I want to make, I want to make Starfucker.
1: Mm.
0: What is what is it that you do as a producer to make that happen?
1: I took a deep breath for that because it's. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the answer to this, it's I'm i glad to learn, actually, because I even as an actor for all these years and being in the business and being on the talent side in, in front of the camera, learned a lot. I mean, I have many friends that are producers and directors, you know, writers, whatever, seeing what they do, understanding, collaborating on what they do. But until you actually do both sides, being the actor and the producer. uh it's, it's it's the craziest amount of work I've ever seen in my life. I mean, I'm producing a, movie, a couple of movies right now, but um, what I learned, you know, you find your your niche and you learn within that niche of what you're going to... I'm more of a facilitator, more of a connector. Connect the dots. Bring the other talent, you know, find the money. Right. Um, or find... Uh, connect the dot with someone who can find the money. Uh, find the director, find... You know the locations and stuff like that where I've learned. I'm learning where I have people in different areas for different things. Uh, like for instance, I have a movie that I'm producing right now called A Beating Heart. It's uh, I've I've cast alongside with myself. I play the lead, but I've actually cast Vanessa Vasquez to play uh, opposite to me, and my wife, in the film nice. um, from Divorce Mate, and uh, she's she's just awesome. So uh, you know I'm looking forward to. You know, bringing her on to that. And we had such good uh, camaraderie in in chemistry and and divorce fate. And that was a lot of fun. And she's both sides of it dramatic. And now she's learned she's a comedic actress as well, because this was her first comedy. So for me, I've learned a lot of different things. Uh, I've also taken upon myself, like I said, to learn how to do the artwork, because, you know, we would get people to, for Starfighter, especially, because it was a very, Interesting sort of ordeal to create artwork for this thing, right? Because how do you show the viewer what you're about to watch without being too over the top? Because the movie is in your face, right? And I took it there. We did. We had, but uh, we had multiple people try this artwork for for a handful of years and paid many different people to do that. And it just they were good. They just weren't capturing. We just couldn't find where we were. Like, oh, that's it. Shit, that's that's it. And I was able finally. I figured it out. I just pieced things together, and I brought this artwork to the table. And I spent hours and days in trying to get that. You know, having it done. Like, oh, I'm gonna fix this, or I'm gonna. And finally, and I had to tell them that I found some professional, you know, artist to do it. And I didn't tell them it was me because every time I would bring it to the table, it was you. Like, oh yeah, yeah, this is good for now, but we need to find like real. So I made it seem like I literally found someone that was doing us a favor and finally told them I actually did it. So it's funny, that's the artwork that went out. That's the one the distributor chose. That's the one that Amazon picked and put out and Tubi picked out and that's the one that's out there. So I, as a producer, I literally learned like, I need help for sure, but I'm finding the things that I'm, my strong points that I've learned over the years that I actually am uh, in, in very comfortable doing because I not that I don't trust others, but I see what it takes, and you know it takes a lot of attention, every aspect of it. So with a beating heart, I was more of the connect the dots. Um, you know, the writer uh, producer of it, Daniel Blake Smith, who wrote my movie, produced my movie, uh, Texas Heart, that came out years ago. Um, he approached me with this film. You know, I'm attached to a few projects with Daniel, but this was um, one that we thought we could uh, piece together. And it's a psychological thriller horror, and horrors are always an easy genre to sell one to people. Right. Love psychological thriller horrors. So, um, and I brought on Sybil Shepherd. Sybil Shepherd, I did a movie with uh, a few years back called Being Rose with James Brolin, and I played her son, and we've stayed friends ever since. And you know, I talked to Sybil all the time. She's become uh close to me in my life. And you know, I brought this character to her as well. And uh, we're looking now for the opposite to her, play this role, of Franklin. So we have a few prospects for that. And then... Um,
0: she's an icon.
1: Yeah, I know. She's amazing. I've learned a lot from her. So she's really excited to be on board. So I have Vanessa and Civil Attacks. And then we just got um, Billy Slaughter, who's been done a ton of movies. So he's come on board. Uh, we are very, very close to uh, locking all of it in and looking at an April start date. Uh, we're depending on two different locations that we're going to be shooting in, whether it be Connecticut or Mississippi. So, um, we're looking to get that started in April Hmm. at the latest. So that's, that's the closest, um, but that's, that's, this is as soon as we could start shooting it, but it's been in, in kind of like the pre-pro position for the last few months, trying to figure it all out. And again, coming out of the pandemic, it, it's been very difficult in this business because a lot of people, a lot of that energy changed. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and just like what people are looking for changed. And, you know, look, being lucrative, why it, the mon- everything has changed. So trying to, f- you know, budgets have changed where you would shoot this for a lot more even before. And it's not because the more money shoot, more, you know, we all want to make. A living right right but also you know
0: Mm.
1: what they're asking for is different delivering these films are different it's just it's it's all a very different process and streaming is becoming so prominent that it's made it easier and harder because there's so much going on and it's it's oversaturated so it's like every person i know is just trying to figure it all out
0: well and how do you you approach it from how do you approach it from the side of putting the project together? How do you know where you're going to release it? How, how do you make that determination?
1: Well, these days from what I'm seeing, so for instance, you know, getting the distributor deal with, you know, something like a beating heart is something that you, you either go all in with a full funding deal with a distributor already locked in. And when you come in with a cast attached like that, uh, it's not easy to get a cast attached like that shooting for the budget that we want to shoot it for and all the favors and all the people, and locations and crew that we already have at our disposal, to come in with a full package like that, it, it's a lot easier. It, you know, selling a script to you know a production company or to a whatever, however you want to call it, you know, studio filmmaking is a little different because it's a machine over there. Independent films have become its own machine, so now right. you'll see a lot more independent films coming out because the streaming avenues are allowing that, and you can, which is good, which has helped a lot of us um, artists, but. You really, it's just, it's a lot of time and and, and persistence and knowing it's really always will come down to knowing the right situations, knowing the right people over time, trusting you to pick, pick up that phone, you know what I mean? Or answer that email back. They trust that you delivered before, uh, or if you come in with the right package, you know, I try to set up this package for this film. It's a small cast. You know, and it's not it's not too many locations. So, and, and what it needs to feel like is very sort of that, you know, uh, eerie sort of town feel, Victorian home kind of like from like the 20s sort of feel. So which in, you know, Mississippi and or Connecticut, something like that, there are multiple places we can oh, shoot. Yeah. It. But we have teams in different places that can knock this out. And, you know, it's, and they're also shooting shoot, um, uh, shorter day, uh, shoot days, like you're shooting like Amount of days. I mean, like you know, you shoot this movie in 15 days. So, like to shoot that to so shoot a kind of movie like they were before, they'd be at least a month. Right. You know what I mean. So everything's changed. You're shooting everything quicker. Um, everything the turnarounds are just faster.
0: So which
1: is crazy, actually. You're asking a lot from people. It's not like you know, a studio again is a machine. Right. Also, a lot more money. They have a lot more time to do things. So we, we don't have time at our disposal here. We have to go fast. So you right. have to make sure what you're doing, everything's on point. You don't have time to
0: waste. So here's, here's a question then on that. If you've got this much faster turnaround time and you're trying to achieve a specific goal in in terms of tone and appearance of the scenes, doesn't that put just a, an enormous amount of pressure on the editing side because if you've already shot for those 15 days did you get what you actually needed how can you know if you well you pray
1: uh, you pray but also you know you're hiring you know uh DIT is on 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 set and also editing as they go so that's the main you know it's the main the biggest factor of knowing what you have per day and literally this is the gamble you take of hiring the right team so that's why you're hiring people that you've done this with before and know you can get it. Um, on a bigger set, you know, with a bigger cast and stuff like that, you know, that's gonna extend your days. I mean, there's just no way. This is just a smaller cast. There's only eight characters in the film and taking place in really two or three locations tops. So you can actually get it done. And I've, you know, I've worked with Mark David, who's directing, who also directed Starfucker and also Texas Heart and multiple films that I've been in. He's a very close friend of mine. I already know. Cause and I've sat through all the editing, all the tedious times, especially with (laughs) Starbugger, which is something I, you know, it's a movie I want to, I always love, but uh, I can't, I can't watch for a while. I can't. I hope people enjoy it. I'll watch it in a couple years. I I just,
0: but it was, it was. I'm glad
1: I got a chance to play a character like this because it, it was something I, you know, never thought I would get to play. It, It was, it was very true to real form of life. So, that was what's wild. Watching and going, oh my! God, I'm almost like displaying what I really went. A lot of what I went through. Yeah. And we'll go through really. I mean, times have changed, but we really did put a, a pinpoint uh, a period of time in Hollywood for all those years, and a lot of that really, you know, we upped it with the comedy, and exaggerated it. But that is, we we didn't. There's nothing we showed that does not happen. And there's actually, we we actually um, lessened a lot of it. So it wouldn't be so aggressive. Uh, it went through about 150 edits. I don't even know, man. Because mm. trust me, we took you there. So I don't know, but producing it, there's so many hats. There's so many hats with it. Uh, I know, like what I'm, my what I've learned over the last few years, is my specialties. And as time goes on, I'll keep learning new things. But mine at this point is really just bringing everyone together, piecing a lot of the, the cast per se, and then going after the people for that are, you know. I know that may be interested in this type of film. And what we're told right now, horror 100% in action. Oh, yeah. That is what they want. I mean, it's kind of always been that, but it's like aggressively. If you got that, then half the time these people don't even read the scripts, Mm -hmm. which is wild to me. They see a concept, they see a cast assembled, they're like, oh, let's do it.
0: People have gone. People have been stuck. yeah. Yeah, people have been stuck for, you know, in in this this kind of uh like being caught in and and just well they're they're like they're frozen because of having to deal with everything that's going in so they need some sort of a release and there's nothing better than the oh i know and yeah, people film.
1: are, are hurt, they're hurting for content man i mean if you see i mean netflix i mean you know i'm over here watching the freaking harry megan freaking ridiculous it's so funny my girl's like not happy about it. She's like, "Oh, this is ridiculous. you know." I don't really. I never paid attention to that. I mean, mm-hmm. since Princess Diana, I don't really know what they're doing. Right. Uh, I know that Megan was an actress. Um, she and was I know a, Harry. She was in a good show. Harry. Yeah. Huh?
0: So she was actually in quite a good show. No, I like
1: suits. Yeah. Suits was a good show. I yeah, that's how what I had known her from. But I I like suits. Yeah. That's actually a show that that's a type of show that I would like to be on actually. That'd be since school. I would actually now play. I played a oh, played a lawyer a few times. Actually, I forgot to mention. So I have a movie actually Mark directed as well. Um, it's so funny because yeah, I know recently I have worked on a movie with Mark uh, directing. wise since Starfucker? Um, we're going to in other aspects of it, but of stuff, but not, not as directing. So first movie back that direct he directed me is a movie called Sunlight. Is based on a true story um, about this guy who had uh, some a lot of, a lot of different syndromes bipolar and multiple personality disorder true story actually uh, about this film I can't really talk about it at all but I right. would say that it's called sunlight and I'm playing a lawyer again in this film but a very different type of lawyer than I once was in Texas art so and um, I, you know I, I've seen I've seen a lot of it they I think they just locked picture we just, we just shot it about a month and a half two months ago so uh, they're looking to probably get that thing out there sometime in 23. Uh, but it's a really good movie really 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 uh artistic artistically shot they did a great job with it. mark did a great job um so yeah he always takes on these very interesting films but i brought him for a beating heart to direct nice. so i'm excited so this is cool so yeah no it's but this is the thing it's it's about like any other businessman but especially entertainment is finding your 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 team and if you notice uh, in Hollywood, especially from kind of the generation before with, you know, Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler and everybody, it's all, you see the same faces for all those years. And then like, you know, or, you know, Jed Apatow with everybody, Seth Rogen, all those people, you know, the only real way to succeed in this business is to have those trustworthy people behind you because you aren't, you really aren't anything man without your friends And and in true, in true friends, you know, it can turn very quickly. Yeah. So in Hollywood, it's not, is accepting of, uh, they're forgiving. Uh, You've noticed like many things, people went through trials and tribulations, but they'll also eat you up in a second.
0: Yeah.
1: It's one of those towns, even when you're Tom Cruise, man, and this might bite me the ass for saying this, but (laughs) even if it's Tom Cruise, it's like people here don't care. Yeah. They really don't care what or who you are here
0: yeah because you know you, what have you done i mean yeah you're tom lately. cruise people
1: care but what i mean is if you tom cruise stepping into like missouri mm. like that's a different. some hollywood is one of those places man you walk you step off the plane here it's exciting to be here and exciting to um succeed in hollywood but it's hard to get this big head and that's how i don't understand how so many people get such big heads because i'm thinking to myself no you're so replaceable <laughs> And it's not because of your talent or your looks or your great personality. It's just they will. Yeah. You play it's a trend to be playing a game, but it almost becomes like a competition. And it's very interesting. If you don't stay humble in this business and you don't realize try to keep the best group around you and friends, And I mean you're replaceable in two seconds. So I've had a lot I learned in the last 20 years, man. And just trying to keep the this, you know, good groups and, and you know, just being as good of a friend I can be to people and just having that back behind you, man, because it, it can turn very fast. So it's crazy.
0: I know it's one of my favorite things to, to just see the, the relationships between professionals develop. I mean, you, you like, you're talking about the, the same directors, the same producers, the same actors tend mm. to, and you and just seeing that moment where you go, okay, this is the moment at which they go, I trust this person, and I want right. to work with them over and over and over again. Uh, so, what we need to do is, we still need to get you uh, somewhere in, near Kevin Feige, so he can see that I, I still want you to be like uh, I still want you to be that that Johnny Blaze superhero. You know, they've got Blade coming up; they can they can fit in a new. Uh, I know. I, listen, man. I'm trying. To, I get a
1: lot of different people will say. I'll see like, you know, people write to me or say something, why don't you know, why, why are you not up for this? Or you should be this character. Some some comic book heroes I've never even heard of before, actually.
0: Uh, <laughs> I would
1: love to play Johnny Blaze. Uh, that, and it's funny, it kind of like t- suiting to my personality. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and for you to see that, I get what you're saying. Uh, and I would love playing a character like that. Hey, I you know, you never know. I, listen, again, this business is very weird. <laughs>
0: One yes, second, you is.
1: literally are this person and one introduction leads you to this particular thing that happens to be leading you to this thing. I mean, I strongly believe a lot of this stuff is connected. We fail to remember that stuff sometimes when times get rough and you start to lose that faith in things. Right. And then you look back when something does happen to go a direction, you're like, oh my God, I get Why all this just happened? Why I struggled through all this in order for me to get here? And you almost you appreciate the struggle more than you were so upset for so long. I've been through it up and down for years. I know, and so I don't. I mean, listen, let's make me Johnny Blaze. I mean,
0: that's what I need to do. We'll 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 start a campaign. We'll go on all the social media if we can find Feige or that, and we'll do. We'll do hashtags and try and get people to, to to follow along, see what happens.
1: Well, this is the thing. This stuff does happen, though, right? You see what I'm saying, right? Fighting. come on, let's go, fighting. I mean, come on. Yes,
0: I I think as soon as he just looks, and goes. You know, the because I know I can I see what they're doing. The Midnight Suns are coming just from from what they've released. It's just a matter of exactly right. when he's when they're in the process of doing it. So. Yeah. Well, if they're going to do it anyway, then there's a chance,
1: maybe. Well, I just think that, you know, because how these things really work, man, it's again, it's, 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 they short lists from people that are, you know, kind of thrown into the mix, you know, unless somebody comes out of like left field somewhere. It's just the, it's the connecting the dots again, man. Yeah. It really, really is. You just, it, it could be as simple as it literally, you know, they saw, someone walked down the hall in the building and goes oh my god that's the guy or that's the girl randomly and they say hey do you mind reading for this role and you would never have thought that that would be asked to you and you're just like kind of blown away like what all these people are lined up you know what i mean like that's kind of like you know 50 shades of gray i went in for that thing like four times and it's so funny all the guys i know a lot of them (laughs) We're all sitting there in a waiting room. I'll never forget like, every top supermodel guy, every guy that wasn't even looked the part at all. And you're thinking to yourself like, really? And like, every wall kind of like look alike. Where, like everybody has their own story. And then you got the big stars that wanted the part too. And then you got the big stars that turned it down. Uh, and I think Jamie Jordan actually thinks he's a really good actor. Uh, yeah. The series it, in itself, you know, great job for what yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, but interesting, it, it just it, stuff like that. You're like... What? Like how it all really comes about is not what people think. It literally, not kidding. You're sitting there. They give you sides for something that has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. It's the most melodramatic side you've ever seen. I was on a soap opera so I'm aware. <laughs> but like you're reading this thing and you're like trying to like be this like sexual fantasy but I have this like syndrome that, you know, he's dominant personality reading these soap opera lines to a casting director. That goes, great, great, to- oh, awesome. <sighs> and then they're like, so you come back and read some another set of sides that not even anything to do with even that. Oh. And you're like, is this even 450 Fifty Shades of Gray? And you know, they're like, we can't, it's, you know, you have to sign an NDA on it. And like nobody understands what they're reading. Man. It's just so it the whole process is really funny, ridiculous at the same time, but kind of like addicting because you're like, you want to win.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but it's laughable when you think about it, how the process goes, because they have no idea half the time what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, I I always hope one of these days I'll be able to just kind of, you know, worm my way into one of the sets just to have a, a small part, you know, much less, you know, a larger part, but I'd love to just be guy on side of road. To, to be part of that or you know Bro, i'll bring you into one of my movies come on man we'll <laughs> give you a part uh I'll, uh I'll even i'll even do my like my best sam elliott from the old ghostwriter oh, beef, yes. beef is what for dinner you know just that sort of thing <laughs> give me a mustache and a hat and i'm i'm golden
1: <laughs> listen sam Elliott's was a great actor man yeah, his yeah. voice my yeah. god
0: unmistakable
1: yeah no, dude, can't, yeah. no he's, but, he's an icon man <laughs> no, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting business, man. But I, I'm, I'm grateful that, uh, well, I guess it's all upon me. I, I'm grateful I'm still in it. I'm grateful for some opp- opportunities. But I guess I, I didn't quit and uh, stayed up a lot of nights making sure things went that direction.
0: Well, you've got legacy now. I mean, that's the thing. You've, you've been part of the creation of the stories that mm. entertain us. You'll yeah. forever be in the memory of thousands of people that have yeah. that have seen your work and go yeah I remember that that was you know that was something that made me feel better on this particular day or that made me laugh or made me think something that I hadn't thought of before and it's just that that kind mm-hmm. of effect you don't get in a lot of professions
1: no you know, and I, I you know I tied in with you know with music and um <clears throat> same way I love music it's just, it's really, it is, I mean, if anything, you think about it per day, you, you buy what you do the most of, unless you're a person that doesn't like music or movies or TV or any sort of radio or any sort of noise. Those people. Uh, yeah. There are those people. Uh, but for me, it's like listening to music for sure. You, you know, when you really put together the reasoning of why they're saying these words and what it means to them, and, and even if it wasn't written by them, what they make of it. Uh, but you can relate it to your own life. And it kind of is this motivational sort of thing that gives you that thing for the day. And movies is, is an escape, you know what I mean? But then also brings you to relatability to your life, uh, things you've went through. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, those two collaborate, and especially collaborative understandings when you have a great movie with a great uh, a movie that's composed very well, it, it does take you on this adventure or escape that we our dreams kind of give us. Right or or daydreams. You're thinking of these things, and you're watching. And you're going, oh shit, you know what I mean? Like that's what it is. and I think that's you know what I had to find the passion within this business is like to entertain these in, these situations and and always kind of be challenged by them. I always love taking challenges. I don't like taking the same roles over and over again. Of course, you know, uh, you know, you, you hit this again trend, romantic comedy, of McConaughey thing, uh, right. but you know, you try to make it what you can and you bring yourself to it and people obviously for people like that you know they find this thing that they love in you and then you know you know look it's it's not about you know this sort of popularity thing i know it becomes it seems like hollywood kind of creates this popularity contest but i think at the end of the day for me i learned early on the fame is very very short-lived yeah whether or not you're famous you're not famous and then you're famous again and you have money and then you don't have money and then you have money again and you're always on the highs and you're excited, but you also know you've been through all of this trials and tribulations of all this, you know, what can happen. Yeah. So I think if you only do it for those purposes. I don't think you're going to be a very happy person. No. Um, it's, you have to do it for this, what you just said, the entertainment and making people smile or cry or an escape. Right. Really.
0: Well, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to, to talk with me again and to, to bring to light some of the behind-the-scenes magic in this new film that you're in. Like you mentioned, uh, at the time of this recording, it's releasing on the 9th of December. Uh, you should definitely see, you said it was on Tubi?
1: Well no, Starfucker oh. is on Tubi. That that was already right, that's right, already right, out right. now. Right. Tubi in Amazon or Prime Video and then in the UK and also Tubi, Australia, Mexico, and but US. Divorce Bait. And then Divorce Bait, yes, that is the newest movie that releases in well, it's eight o'clock here. It's eleven o'clock the East Coast. Well, yeah, it releases uh like in four hours. Uh, but now, but it when people can see it. Actually, still, I think it, once it's twelve oh one. Yeah. So releases at Pacific time in four hours and two minutes. That's So December 9th, yes, it's in theaters, uh, same day VOD, digital platforms. So you can, yeah, Voodoo, iTunes, Amazon Prime, Google Play, all the platforms. You can check it out in. Yeah.
0: And I'm telling you, if you you haven't seen the trailer to this yet, just pull up the trailer. It is... It is clearly a lot of fun. Everybody involved looks like they had a lot of fun making it. And I think that it it will come through. I'm really excited to see it myself.
1: Yeah. I I would love to hear your your thoughts towards it. Yeah. You're going to laugh, man. Yeah. Yeah, They, they did a great job. I'm proud of everyone. So everybody watch it. Divorce Bait tomorrow. Uh, Obviously it'll be on after that. So if you can't watch tomorrow, then you watch (laughs) the next. That's right. So. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on, man. It's always been a pleasure. We have a good time every time. It
0: is is awesome. Thank you again.
1: Thank you, brother.